Welcome everyone. Greetings, Chief Yuya here. And as always, and of course, you are listening to the Chief Yuya podcast. And um, today I wanted to speak about, you know, the uh, quest for new life. And really the the um, purpose of our pursuits. And when I say our pursuits, our, our pursuits in consciousness and our pursuits in, in higher awareness. Of course, many of us come through different doors, you know, uh, whether it be through different faiths or different creeds or different beliefs, you know, or different experiences, sometimes through trauma, sometimes just through uh, wanting to understand or perceive uh, the power of truth and how we can best use that knowledge of truth. Sometimes that has been the thing that has brought us into despair of what we can call higher awareness. But um, I wanted to dig into that a little bit because, of course, it's it's different for everyone because we all are a part of a vast, expressive mind. And that mind is adapting and attaining different perspectives, you know, uh, as it goes through, through its journey, you know, of unfolding um, this actual episode which i think is 70 yeah it's episode 70 it's a little is a little delayed um because i had a i had an an, an exchange yesterday with someone that kind of um threw me off my energy a little bit just a little bit um and i didn't want to then put that energy onto this broadcast so i decided to um, give myself some, some time to ground again, but I want to share a little bit about that, that interaction, right? So I made a promise to myself and I think I may have mentioned this once. I don't know if I mentioned it publicly or privately, but, um, I made a promise to myself last year not to deal with any more, uh, ignorant, uh, belligerent, belligerent and combative people in particular, uh, females, right? Cause that's usually where, where I get that from, right? And that's not to say that by nature women are belligerent and ignorant and combative, but, um, we do live within a, a sphere and a culture that cultivates that energy inside of females. So that way they, they can be alone all of their lives, never have the protection of a man and be completely unlovable. It's just a part of a, of a larger agenda that many fall into ignorantly, right? So I had one of those exchanges last night. I, I slipped up, right? And what's interesting, the the supreme teacher who made me make that pack or who compelled me to make that pack, probably I want to say in hmm, maybe 2019, 20, 2019, 2020, somewhere around there. Um, yeah, actually, it was 2019. Yeah, so really, I made the pack in 2019, end of 2019. That per person resurfaced this year. And it was the same experience, same female, um, same ignorance, same combativeness, same just, um, I don't, I don't want to say, um, stupidity, but definitely feeble minded attempts to just, um, engage in some sort of, high high energy hot tempered interchange for no no reason 
And for those who've ever been around me and know me, know that that's not even my vibe. I'm not even a high energy person, <laughs> you know. Um, so I'm a strong person, but I'm not high energy. I'm not bouncing off the walls all the time, you know. So that person resurfaced and reminded me, say, yeah, you know, you slipped up again. And this was this was the one who made you make that promise. This was the one who made you say, you know what? No more. You're going to treat your mind and your spirit more respectfully than that. So um, yesterday I had an encounter with someone and um, another female, melanin rich female, uh, South African, as she um well, well, we'll get into why I said that a little bit afterwards. So I'm not going to share the whole exchange because I'm not trying to bring all of that back up because I'm, I'm getting to a, a larger point. So she asked me something. She said, you know, why do you why do you always say a Kibalon? What is that? She said, I had to look that up to understand what that was. And I said, well, to myself, I didn't say, well, if you looked it up to understand it and you still have to ask me, then. You obviously didn't don't understand it, right? I said, Oh, it's just an earlier um term for the continent of Africa. I said, you know, Africa people act like it's a country or Africa is a nation, you know. So I said a Kibalon is just an older term, you know, as opposed to using the name of uh Scipio Africanus, you know, when he came in from the north and just put his name on top of the place. So her as a South African, <laughs> uh, she immediately got offended. And she said, you know, you're trying to define who I am and it's not all that deep for me. You know, I don't have to go through all of that because my identity was not taken from me. And, you know, um, you have to go through all of that and you read a couple of books and now you think you can define who I am. And this was all just from what I, the little part I just said, I didn't, I didn't add anything. I didn't take anything away. It's somebody who just wanted to fight. So I said, well, I said, Northern Africa, first of all, you're from the South. And I said, I never attempted to define you. I never said anything about your tribe or anything. Cause I'm, I said, I've heard you identify yourself by tribe before, even though you might have said you're South African. And she says, that's, see, that's the thing with Westerners. You Westerners, you know, you, you come in and you try to define us. And I'm, and I'm trying to tell you, I already have my own definition. Now, it was just very, a lot of ignorance, a lot of ignorance. Right. And I say, Oh man, I'm, I'm back there again. The difference is I didn't go back and forth. I tend not to go back and forth anyway. I just was like, okay, all right. Well, the only thing that, you know, I was like, well, that's not what I said. No, didn't say that. No, that's you putting words in my mouth. Nope. You're making assumptions and you know, that's it. But I didn't, I didn't really dig in. Right. Because um, I'm typically the type of person that once I see someone's ignorant or someone's arrogant, um, I pretty much shut down anyway, because there's no point in, in, um, casting my, my pearls of swine. So I'm, I'm kind of known for that, you know, as some of you have probably experienced, like I said, on live segments, you heard, you've heard the, oh, okay. Yeah, I got you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and that just, pretty much means yeah, you're saying something so dumb that I know you don't even have the capacity right now for something more intelligent. And I'll give you an example in this exchange. She said, me as a Westerner, 
And I, I said, I never told you I was a Westerner. In fact, you don't even know where I'm from. You don't know my history. You don't know anything about me, but you're making some very sharp assumptions. And, um, you know, one of the things I said, I said, I don't think you realize that we're saying the same thing. And she said, no, we're not saying the same thing. I said, you're saying that I'm trying to define you coming in as a Westerner defining you. I'm saying that the people who lived on that landmass already had a name and identity for themselves before Scipio Africanus came in and said, I'm going to name this place, this and you this. He came from the from he was a Roman general. He came from from the West. So that that by itself, you are defining yourself by someone who came in from the West to redefine you and call you an African. So now you call yourself South African. But that's not even your term. You know, I didn't even go that deep in my explanation, just so you know, because I know when you know, I know what words are triggering. If I say that's not your term, I know that just be a whole bunch of more stupidness. So I just said, no, I'm I'm just not I'm using the term of the people who actually lived there use as opposed to what the term an invader used. It went it went nowhere. And it basically ended with me blocking the person like, all right, you know what? Um. Yeah, I, I think our our journey, we've come to the end of the road, right? So, but I still had to catch myself because I was like, you know what? That went on too long, you know, because I, I have this habit of listening. I like to listen. I'm a listener. So even when someone's being ignorant sometimes or just being combative, I'll listen to understand the psychology of an ignorant person, but I already know the psychology of an ignorant person. You know, I don't have to keep putting myself back into that classroom because I know where it goes, where it's going to end. You know, I got that lesson. Time to move on to the next lesson. Right. So I sat there and I said, you know, I did my whole. "Mm -hmm, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm, I hear you. Uh, Nope. Not didn't. No, I didn't say that. No, mm -mm, no, uh, -uh, no, that's you saying that, you know, Whereas my my natural response is probably a whole lot of telling the person to stop talking. I'm going to say it in a nice way. Telling the person to stop talking because they're not making any sense. I'll just put it that way, right? Um. So why I say my energy was thrown off was because not because this person was so powerful. They threw my energy off because I had to catch myself. I was like, Oh man, you did it again. You sat there and let this person, this individual, um, put poison all around you just because of their intimidation. And, and that's something that I've experienced often with people who are, who are, or were born in the Kibalan or what we would call continental Africans. A lot of times there's a lot of ignorance and a lot of arrogance. And when you approach them from a place of knowing, especially scientific or historical knowing, they get really agitated because they can't bring that to you. One of the things she said is, you know, I'm the most Africa, African, you know, I'm the most Africa that you'll ever experience, you know, so I'm, I'm pure Africa. I'm the most you'll ever get. I said, okay, well, then let me ask you a few questions because I mean, I've never been in front of someone who said something like that to me. Right now, this individual, though she's 
been around me a bit has no has no um not even smart enough to ask has heard me speak Yoruba to a Nigerian and us have a conversation back and forth but has no clue as to my experiences in Akibalan or my current experience in Akibalan right I don't just walk around telling people about my life so I said okay well if that's the case I said what is the name of your god I'm very curious and then she paused and started and she gave a name I said okay can you tell me something about your cosmology what is that what is cosmology now let me let me also fill you in this person is is a um, doctor here in the states has a bunch of degrees but just because and this is important too there's a difference between man's intelligence and supreme intelligence just because someone is a doctor and has a bunch of notoriety doesn't actually mean they're smart it doesn't even actually mean that they're intelligent it means that they've been able to follow a program successfully that's it and that program has allowed them a certain level of indoctrination usually and they they are they get the stamp of approval from their masters um so I, so that's just for anyone who's you know ever moved by those western titles you know because one of the things she said well you read something in a book you read a couple of books and now you think and i'm like well <laughs> didn't you read a couple of books in order to receive those degrees and that and that title but you're also assuming that what i know i got out of a book but the bottom line is what you end up ha having a lot of times when you interact with people like that from the continent they don't have anything to give you i've said it a hundred million times and i'll say it again all of the consciousness is in the West. All of the consciousness is in the West. You you go over to the continent, you run into a bunch of um, people who still worship their oppressor, literally. Still worship their oppressor. You know, literally worship. <laughs> you see, um, so when they come here and they, they gain the stamp of approval from their oppressors, they really think that they've accomplished something that people here can't or who were born here can't or who really want to accomplish. Not realizing that a lot of us, our consciousness has seen beyond those titles and those degrees, you know, um, especially, if you, you know, and this is no disrespect to anyone, but especially if you haven't grown up in abject poverty, you know, you, you're not dreaming all day about when you could go to the land of the paler people, you know, and gain their favor and, and curry favor with them, you know? So, um, it was just a, uh, um, a reminder. It was, it was a good experience because it, you know, reminded me up, you got to check that thing you got in you. <laughs> it's kind of a sadistic streak. You'll, you know, you'll, you'll sit there and, and listen to all this, this disharmony and foolishness. As if something sane will come out of it, you know, um, as opposed to just saying, you know what, um, I'm going to go because you're combative and honestly, you're stupid. 
you know, but I, but I know the, the power of my words. So oftentimes I'm, I'm very careful about what I say to people or when I, I encounter someone, even when someone disagrees with me, I'm very careful about how I come back because, you know, I've heard so often that men are intimidated by successful women. I have never in my life had that experience. Never once. And the men around me have never reported anything like that. I've had men who I know, even family members who have been intimidated by a woman's um love, <laughs> to be honest with you, you know, and not necessarily the love that she shows towards him, but like her family. You know, I've had men say, man, you know, her family's like this and they're they're really loving and this and that. And I don't come from that. I don't understand how to be when I'm at the cookout or I'm at dinner. I've had men who and 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 that intimidation and that struggle hasn't made them move away from the woman. But just like, OK, I'm I'm out of my element. I got to figure this thing out, which is why it's been, you know, vocalized, but never because someone makes more money. Thing that's something that's in the mind of foolish females. Because, you know, ultimately a man, you know, a lot of times women don't really understand how we truly perceive you because you're perceiving yourself through the lies of society. The, the go girl, black magic, black girl magic and go girl lies. So you have gashed your head up with that. But we're just looking at you as sometimes just a nut doesn't matter what, what you come in. I, I went here, I went to Brown and this from Yale, a nut. That's it. You know, or for some it's, you know, she's pretty or she's cute or, you know, whatever, or she's cool. But, um, we don't care. At least men don't, we don't, we don't care about, um, your social accolades, you know? So a lot of times, like I said, what I have experienced is women, and I've experienced this a lot, who are intimidated by my intelligence. That's why her first response was, well, you know, I, I don't go all that deep to, you know, what it's not that deep. It's just history. It's a, it's a historical fact. That's not deep. Scipio Africanus, you can, you know, that's easy. That's not deep, but it's deep to you because I'm smarter than you. And that's what you, you can't imagine because the pale face God <laughs> has told you, you are the greatest thing on the planet. And she's, and I don't want to say, it. yeah, I'm going to say, and, and she's, she's fat. Cause that goes along with it. That goes along with it, to be honest. You know, the, the, the that whole Lizzo look. It's like, you know, I don't even have to be appealing because I'm, I'm just all that. You know, I'm all that. So I can just be here and just, you know, be the exact opposite of what I really know you want. You know, and I'm going to make you want this because I am all that. There's so many things that go along with it. And you might look at it. Well, you have to call fat, you know, but if you're really listening and you understand, you get it. If you're not, then you don't, you know, but there's just there's just no humility. It's just complete arrogance there. Um, But that's not deep the name of, of a continent and what it was and what people called it and where the name come from. Just like I said, you know, I told her you're living in America. Like there's a person by the name of Amerigo Vespucci. He was a child molester. You know, that's, 
These are just simple historical facts. These are not deep, but it's deep. But because you don't know it and I do know it, you're going to try to, you know, um, dismiss it as me having frivolous intellectual pursuits because of this reason of me not knowing my identity. It's, it was just silly. I don't want to go through all because it was, it was just stupid. Um, but yeah, I have experienced that a lot. Once I say something, I've had women like, Oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Okay. I'm not, I don't go all that deep. Oh, wow. You, you one of those. Th- no, you're just dumb. And I shouldn't be talking to you because you're dumb. And I shouldn't be talking to dumb people. You're out of your depth, you know, and, and, and you're shooting, you're shooting too high here. You're shooting out of your weight class. You know, there's different ways that we can put people on a scale. When we say people are, you're a one, you're a 10, you know, and having a nice body or a pretty face is not the only thing that'll make you a dime. At least not in my book, you know. So, um, yeah, a lot of times it's going to be that insecurity there. Um, which again, it's just been my experience. Uh, so a lot of times I, I play the, the, I play dumb. Even when I'm, you know, not even in amorous situations, but even just in talking to people, you know, sometimes I'll even mispronounce words on purpose. <laughs> now all of that is an, is an assault and an, and an insult to my spirit. It's something I gotta, I have to stop doing, you know. I said that before I saw my teeth, my teeth started shifting. So all this lying I'm doing, pretending like I don't know things that I really do know, just so people can feel comfortable, uh, around me. But that was an example because I could have said, listen, you know, you, madam, like so many typical continental Africans know nothing about where you're from because you spent your whole life singing singing songs that you don't understand and daydreaming about the day when you could come to London and, and America. You don't even know why you're called a South African or the fact that South Africa is not even in the South of Africa. The map is upside down. You're technically a Northern African if you wanted to even use that term. But you have no clue about that because you know nothing about what you are, or where you come from. You know, but you think I, I might be intimidated by an accent and the only thing you have over me is your fluidity in another language, which you don't even understand where that language comes from. But me, I'm not the type to say all that. I'll just say, okay, I hear you. <laughs> right? So why do I share this, this story? And it's not even a full, it was more to it. I'm just, you know, why do I share this? You know, and, and I'm sharing it for a couple of reasons. One, because I know some of you probably go through situations like this. And I've had someone say to me before in the past, you know, sometimes I go through stuff like that or I'm talking to people like that. I ask myself, like, what would Chief say? You know, so sometimes I'll tell these these little stories to give you a, well, this, let me tell you what I said. <laughs> you know, whether it's right or wrong, you know, like, because the right thing, I, I didn't I didn't handle that properly. The right thing was from the moment she said, Oh, I don't need to go so deep because that was insulting and arrogant. But me, it takes a lot to ruffle my feathers. So someone can say something insulting and I'm not necessarily insulted because your arms are too short to box with God. You ain't, you're not even reaching where you think you're reaching. I'm, I'm looking down on you because the moment you say something like that, you show me how small you really are. Right. So at that point, you can't really insult me because you're not on my level. 
right? So as a result, and sometimes a lot of us do this, you know, we put ourselves or allow ourselves to stay in crazy situations just because we can handle it. But, you know, there are there are parts of our bodies and our, you know, not just our physical bodies, our spiritual bodies. Some parts are rough and tough and some parts are fragile. And sometimes we judge everything by the rough and tough parts and don't realize that we actually are injuring and miss and bashing our fragile parts, you know. So sometimes it's good to use the fragile parts as your measuring stick, you know. Um, but yes, yeah, the moment she said that, which was rude, I should have said, "All right, um, bye." <laughs> you know, like you ain't sit here and salt me, you know. Um, and on top of that, you're wrong. You, you, you're wrong and and arrogant and. Ignorance and arrogance really are a bad combination. I, I can deal with ignorance. If you don't know, you don't know. Okay. Well, you can learn, but you mix that with arrogance. It's like, Oh God. And you nasty. And I got to hold back from telling you how dumb you sound to be. Cause I got to be the decent human in this whole interact. Oh, it's too much, man. I'd rather just end this conversation and go watch Bob's burgers or something. But anyway, so. Let's get to, you know, again, like I said, I'm sharing that to it's a preface for what I'm speaking about. But also because I know, again, sometimes people go through things like that and want to kind of figure out, well, how do I how do I handle that? You know, um, just like I told you in dealing with a narcissist or a princess mentality, you run. That's how you deal with it. You get away from it. You run. It's this typically no fixing that you run away from it. So. I wanted to speak about this because, again, in dealing with, you know, um, that aggressive ignorance and a lot of times um, people just not being uh, informed and being um, being really stuck in their grid of ignorance. I think it's it's apt because, you know, with the passing of Queen Elizabeth, uh, the second uh there's been a there's been a lot of uh expected reaction, right? Um but I, I think even though it's it's expected, well expected by some of us who know like or who've been exposed to certain kind of cultures, um it's still interesting, right? Um you're seeing if you, you go on social media, you can see whole videos of Grown, big, giant, grown, <laughs> grown people bawling their eyes out. In particular, in the Caribbean, in the Caribbean, especially Jamaica, grown women crying their eyes out. In fact, they, Jamaica is doing 12 days of mourning for Queen Elizabeth II. Um, you have people, I've um, spoken to people on the continent who've talked to me about, you know, the Queen... So this is why I say for some of us, it's expected because if you've ever been in those environments, you know how people, some of those um, misguided, colonized, neo, neo-colonized people regard Queen Elizabeth II, right? And, you know, I think it's important to consider, you know, now, first of all, Queen Elizabeth is a figurehead, right? So we associate her um, or you know, or, or now coming, um, Charles the third, we associate them with 
England, but they, you know, they, they don't necessarily have any ruling power, but they are certainly the chiefs, you know, or the figureheads. And it's, it's a very simple thing. Um, when, when you think about it, as far as like how silly that, that could be to be crying over this war criminal. <laughs> that's cause that's what she is. She's a war criminal. Right. Um, and her whole regime, they're, they're war criminals. She came in, in onto the, um, the throne in 1952. Right. Um, well, her coronation was in 53, but you know, f- but she came onto the throne in 52 and let's see. So we're in 2022. She, she transitioned September 8th. Um, so you do the math. She reigned on the throne. Um, well, she came up, that means she came onto the throne when she was 25. Right. So she's just a baby. <laughs> if you will, she was just a baby. Right. But if, if you think about it, you know, and she transitioned at 96, that's why I'm saying she was 25. Um, if you kind of think about, um, some of what England has done since 1952, right? And again, I'm not blaming it particularly on her because these things began before she came in, in, into power. Um, I mean, there was a decolonization of Africa, uh, movement that happened under her, under her watch, quote unquote, if, if you will. But, um, when you look at the racist and, and colonialistic history of Britain, you know, how, how could you really <laughs> cry over someone like this unless you are completely misinformed? You know, so this is an example of, you know, I'm using this along with the story at people who just are not aware of the how colonized they are like when she said you're coming and you're trying to like a westerner you're trying to define me you've already been defined as an african by a westerner i stripped it i don't say africa i say kibalon i've stripped it and you're not even getting it like because you're so arrogant you're so arrogant you're so dumb and you're so programmed against black man intelligence that that's what it really is. You, you're you're programmed against it. Um, but you know, we look at like the Imperial Conference of 1921. You know, Winston Churchill was there, and one of the things he said was that there should be no barriers to race, um, no barriers of race, excuse me, or color or creed, which should prevent any man from achieving any station. Right, and the main reason he said that because there were two. Um, East Indians there at that conference at the time. They were statesmen. So he was kind of, um, speaking to that, but you got to look at the, you got to look at the history of Britain <laughs> and India, right? So it's like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, it, this is a great movie that you all could check out. It would be awesome. Maybe if, um, our brother El Karar could do a breakdown on the historical aspects of that particular film. Um, and the name of the film is RRR. You know, um, if you ever get a chance to check it out, it's, it's a, it's a really good film. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's subtitle film. So if you don't mind dealing with the subtitles, uh, it came out this year. And, um, if you don't mind dealing with the subtitles, it's a cool film, you know, um, because it has, um, has mythology in it. 
has action in it. <laughs> you know, it has uh, masculinity in it. It has femininity in it, you know. Um, and it, it was, I think the budget was like 70 million on that film. They're saying that I was reading an article on it. It was the most expensive film um, ever made in India, you know. But, um, yeah, I, you know, if you get a chance to check it out. But anyway, you know, I'm not really necessarily talking about the film per se. But, um, you know, and it, and it's just to give you a little bit, I guess I am talking about film a little bit. Um, it's about two revolutionaries basically who, um, they go against the, you know, one is, is, one is, um, Raju, the other one is Beam. And they're fighting against, you know, the, the Brits basically, you know, um, but they, they, it's, I don't want to get too much of the plot away, but the way they kind of come together to do this is a, is a really interesting, kind of from from interesting angles if if you will but you know it's a, it's a revolutionary um sort of film but um you know anyway so um and and the RRR just so you know stands for rise roar revolt and when you hear that roar you know they're always talking about the tingling or the or the lion's roar which is you, you'll get it it's 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 a good movie but anyway yeah, there's this racist history of Britain, not only in East India, but of course you had, um, the, the conferences between 1884 and 1885 when they, um, sat with all, you know, all Europe sat and decided how they were going to chop up the continent of, of Akibalan. You know, you get this part, you get this part. And what they said was that we're going to do whatever is most agreeable. For trade and civilization, because these people do not have the ability to watch over themselves. They said the native tribes didn't, they had to care for them and improve their conditions. And in particular, they had to pr- improve their more, their moral and material well-being. So, you know, um, the League of Nations, they kind of, when they came in, and that was with the Treaty of Versailles, when they, came in and they were chopping up the Germans and the Ottomans um, territory. They had these these different mandates that they put out that um, that said that the people who were inhabiting Akibalan did not have the ability to stand for themselves or by themselves under the conditions of the modern world. So it was like, yeah, they can't stand next to us and, you know, we have to develop them. And we have to instill, they call it the sacred trust of civilization. You see? So, I mean, small little, I mean, you could, this easy stuff you can, you can kind of look up a little bit. Um, but this, this idea of moral effect, if you will, or having to instill morality into these ancient people, <laughs> you know, is, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty deep. But the point I'm saying, and, and this went on, you know, 1800s up, well, up into today, really. But, you know, um, you, you had in 1950s with all the murders that they did in Kenya, you know, um, they went crazy in Kenya in the 1950s. You know, um, they went crazy in South Africa, um, India, Ireland, you know, um, Malaya, Cyprus, Palestine, you know, um, and they always would say the violence was necessary as a part of their mission to civilize people, right? So, I mean, 
<clears throat> just in knowing a little bit of this, I mean, and I could, I could go on, you know, I, I'll leave some of that for El Karar. Cause I didn't even get to the Belgian King Leopold and what he did in, in the Congo, you know, um, around the, yeah, it was around 1885 or so. Um, but he was there for like 20 years, just going crazy, you know? Um, but the point I'm making is that you have now grown people who were, who are, um, descendants of these people who experienced these horrible atrocities crying and mourning. Willful ignorance, right? And these are the people that if you use a word like a, a Kibalon or if you say, well, I'm not a subject of the, of the queen, will want to argue with you, you know? Not understanding that mentally they're still under the totalitarian regime of the British Empire. You know. Maybe they don't care. Right. But um so I'm I'm sharing all that because we're speaking about like, you know, or or I'm addressing even the idea of when people say, Well, I, don't, I it's not that deep to me. <laughs> I don't have to go that deep. Okay. Why do we go that deep? Right? What's, what's your response? You know, and I know, I know you all may have different responses, you know, um, I guess depending on the, the temperature of the discussion, you may have a different response. Um, for me, it's always just, yeah, I hate you. You know, each their own, right? Uh, but, but that depends on who I'm talking to, right? If it's somebody I care about, then I may say a little bit more. Um, but, if I don't, I, all right, yeah, well, hey, man, <laughs> everybody's doing what they're doing, you know, and uh, we all just live in life and trying to figure it out, <laughs> you know, and I, I, I leave it there. But the thing about it is that we, we, for those of us who are interested in what, what wisdom that can come from the supreme intelligence, we understand that in order to um, get the highest thing out of life that surpasses everything, right? Um, there has to be a pursuit of wisdom. And, and what is that, that highest thing that surpasses everything? It's life. You know, just like death is undefeated, life is undefeated. So what happens is that when we, um, aspire towards a higher faith and a higher understanding, what happens is that we're gaining the characteristics of a new life, you know, and those things that we may have had previously different beliefs in or the things that we've had faith in or our mores or the creeds or the ideas that we we have held we 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 put those aside you know um even sometimes certain scientific principles or certain uh religions you know we'll put them aside and we'll empty out our mind so that we can become spotless you know when you empty your mind out properly you become free and your mind becomes spotless and that gives you the ability to hear something new and to take on a new life, you know, um, and it doesn't mean that that wisdom may not share principles with some of the things that you may have heard before. But when you have emptied yourself out and you've made your mind spotless, you you hear it properly. I've heard people say that before when they've heard me. Oh, this is just so and so. Oh, this is just this, this ain't none of that. This is something new. Because I've I've not said this before. You've not been in this space with me. So I may use the word free and you might say, I just read a book about the power of freedom. man." so you saying the same thing. 
No, we just use the same word. Doesn't mean that it's, it's the same energy coming forth, but you won't be able to see that unless you become spotless. And the only way you can become spotless is if you push all of those things to the side and make a distinction um, between your past or your ego and your heart and your mind. You see, and instead of seeing your intellect and your emotions, see, a lot of times we stay in a, in a, a sunken place, if you will, because our intellect and our emotions are warring against each other. You know, we, we perceive them as being opposites or being opponents. And we haven't learned to sync up the mind, the heart, you know. And what happens is that when you sync up the mind, heart, you end up with three different things. You have your mind, you have your heart, and then you have your mind, heart. And your mind, heart becomes an, uh, a working entity unto itself, right? And what I'm sharing with you is all medicine, right? It's all, it's all teaching of a certain kind and it's all medicine. The first realization that we have that will help us to clear out our mind is that, um, we use medicine in order to cure a disease. So we first understand that, um, there's a disease present, right? And this sort of medicine or this truth can be taken by anyone. It doesn't matter um, how, what your your ethnic background is or your class or your language or what religion you say you have. Anyone can use um, proper divine truth medicine and it will cure ailments, you know, uh, no matter your sex or your profession or, or anything like that. Right. Um, even though we may be coming from a different cultural perspective. Right. Like there's certain things that are universal if anybody can take um uh i don't know the name of <laughs> moltrin i think moltrin is one anybody could take a moltrin and it will have a certain effect on them because it certain herbs have a universal spread effect excuse me or um like an aspirin will have a universal effect or antihistamine right um but so we understand that there are diseases that many of us walk with spiritual diseases and there's a certain medicine and that medicine comes forth in the achievement or the advancement of life towards a complete expression of mind. Right. When we get to that point where we're completely um, absorbing what we call the inflow. Right. And the inflow of life is what vitalizes all things. Some people may call this their God. What vitalizes everything? It's the inflow. Right. And it's working to a particular destination of fulfilling a purpose. And that purpose is advancing life towards, again, expressing mind. The, the, the purpose is always going to be how can I or how much of this mind can I express through these different vehicles? So when we then harmonize ourselves or align ourselves with that particular intelligence, right, it gives us life. It gives us health. It gives us wisdom. And wisdom is not just knowing things. Man, you know, knowledge comes can come from people. You know, it's wisdom that comes from the most high. Right. The wisdom comes from the supreme intelligence. It's the abundance of life that comes from the supreme intelligence because the supreme intelligence is that inflow. You know, so. Our purpose is to live more abundantly because we take in more 
wisdom. We take more of the inflow in. And when we take as much, you know, we're trying to widen our brand, widen our bandwidth as much as we can. And when we do that, we become unified with the Supreme. And it begins to work with you. It has to work with you. It just, that's just what happens because you're now creating harmony with it. You know, and part of that great harmony or that great benefit is wisdom. And like I said, wisdom is, it's not just the knowledge of facts, right? Wisdom is the ability to perceive and understand the facts that are in front of you and to judge soundly and to act and conduct yourself in a right manner based on in, in regards to all manners relating to life, right? So wisdom becomes your power to perceive truth. You see, so when you're talking to someone and, and you come across truth and they're like, ask eh, whatever, they don't have wisdom. You might hear me say things like, I ain't just dumb. <laughs> That's just me, me being, you know, you, yeah. <laughs> But the the reality is, I, I know what it is. You know, sometimes we use certain words as shortcuts, like profanity. We use it as a shortcut as to explaining certain things. If I say, ah, it's just dumb, idiot, you know, that's just that's just me using um a shortcut. But I do have the language, you know. And what it really is is that um they don't have the poise of wisdom and the power to think rightly and to control thoughts and to avoid difficulties when it comes to wrong thinking. Like last night, I didn't utilize wisdom. Wisdom told me, oh, I, I know this spirit. Ooh, you know what this is. You know where this is going. Just move out the way. And I didn't. Right? Why didn't I? Because I was sitting there collecting facts. <laughs> you know, but like I said, um, wisdom is our ability to make the best use of the knowledge of the truth that we have. So with wisdom, we begin to be able to clarify um, problems that come with the dis- disruption of the mind. When the mind is disrupted, there's problems that will arise like illness, you know, or premature aging. And those are symptoms of disease. You know, our, our minds are pestered by a particular problem that results from the fact that, um, we all, we're all going to get old. <laughs> we're all going to, uh, maybe even get sick at some point or die. And when we, we become pestered and bothered by these things as opposed to approaching them with, with wisdom. And it could be because we're, we're, um, disconnected from things or people that we love or, um, experiences we're going through that we dislike or we have wishes that are unfulfilled. And, you know, we're ruminating on those, those items longer than we ought. Um, then what happens is now we, we, start to develop spiritual diseases, you know, as, as a result. And with our wisdom, we're, we're able to select certain directions for our particular needs. So we're kind of, we're not kind of, but we, we govern ourselves in the ways that secure the best results, right? Um, you know, how to do what you want to do, you know, you, you know how it's done. That's, that's the wisdom. Remember the knowledge is what you're doing. The wisdom is how you're doing it and the understanding is why you're doing it. So when we get to that point where we have that essential attribute of the supreme intelligence, intelligence, um, and understanding that that supreme intelligence knows the truth to make us wise, then we can start to see just in proportion how much we've harmonized or unified our mind 
with that intelligence. You see, we start to understand that that intelligence, that great intelligence. And you might be asking yourself, like, well, why don't you know, why? Why do I say supreme intelligence? Or if you read in the new way, you hear me say the originator. A lot of the words that you may use for God. Um, may not apply to your God, right? So I'll, a lot of times I use terms just to give you proper context. You know, it's just like when you read the Torah, there are words that are used when you ask for translation, it just tells you it's God, but it's not really God as, you know, as far as that's not really what the words translate to. Some words, they don't know the translation of they, they they haven't figured it out. So they'll say, oh, it's just just this. And you don't really need the translation. You need the context because the context will tell you what you what's being spoken about. A good example. I mentioned it in a recent um, podcast was El Shaddai. And I shared this El Shaddai, El Shaddai. Right. And I said, typically in that podcast is translated as the almighty. That's not totally true, though. <laughs> That's why I said it is translated. I didn't, I didn't say that I translated it as that. They really don't know what El Shaddai means. Right? Um, if you take it back to the Akkadian, the closest word you have is, um, Shaddad. And Shaddad means violent or, or person of violence. So when you say, um, El Shaddai, right? Now you'd have to, um, you'd have to read the context. You know, to understand what we're speaking about when we say um, El Shaddai, right? Or what we're speaking about, because not every every word, and that's just kind of a laziness, you know, um, every word is not attributed to God. I mean, that's like we'll say, oh, these are the different names of God, and the, these are different gods. And then you have to look at the word God. Is it a different God or is it a different Lord? Because a Lord and a God don't necessarily have to be the same thing, right? Like you have a landlord and you may perceive that landlord as um, God, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that. When you first read um, Genesis 17 and 1, where we get the first instance of hearing Shaddai, you know, when Abram, he was Abram at that time, he was 99. And it says the Lord appeared before Abram and said, um, I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless, be blameless. Right. So we say, oh, that's the, El, that's the almighty walk before me and be blameless. But if you recognize, well, like it doesn't really mean almighty. Let's take it to the Akkadian, the Shaddai. It could be I am the violent. You think about that for a second. Someone who is violent, if a Lord is saying, I am violent. So when you walk before me, be blameless, walk in front of me and be blameless. Actually makes sense. I'm not, I don't want to get into this part too much, <laughs> but some of what you're reading about in that book is not about a God. It's about warlords. It's about tribal lords. 
That's why there's so many wars. So when you hear El Shaddai or El Shaddad, possibly, and then you hear about or you read about the genocides, it makes sense. I am violent. <laughs> Walk before me and be blameless. And then you start to understand that different deities, quote unquote, because some of them weren't deities. Some of them were just warlords. Right. I, I'm not going to get into that too much yet. I'll get into that another time or within Anu. Some things I don't like to talk about publicly too much because people, when you speak publicly, everybody has access and the unlearned have access and the unlearned tend to have the most vitriol responses to truth, you know, and that can be um, a little irritating after a while, you know, after a while, it's like, all right, I don't want to tell you to shut up. <laughs> I don't want to tell you to go study, to go read. I don't want to tell you that I'm smarter than you because all of that sounds so bad, though it may be the truth. So it's better just not to put this in front of you because you can't handle it. Right. So some 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 things are not for public consumption. And we all have that. Like all of us have areas in our life that we just keep private. It's just like, no, I don't feel like going through trying to explain this or someone saying something disrespectful or I'm not in the mood. (laughs) You know, this is not for you. You know, so some things to speak about, but. And some things I don't, but that's just an example. So I'm, I'm just sharing that. So when you hear me say supreme intelligence or creator or the originator or the most high, um, as opposed to like, well, why doesn't he just say Oludumari? Why doesn't he say Yah? Why doesn't he say, because, you know, I'm speaking about something that's beyond a lot of that. You know, when, when you, eh, I don't want to get into it, but when you, when some of these deities, when you hear about them connected to earth, like the Lord of the mountain, the Lord of the sky, the Lord of the plains, the Lord of this. Imagine if I had a tribe and we lived in the mountains and I'm the chief, what would you call me? If I was the chief and we lived on the plains, what would you call me? If I was a chief and we lived in the forest, what would you call me? Right. And then if we went to war with each other, you know, who are you representing? I represent this particular chief or this L this Lord, right? But that's not the same as the most high that sits above all, right? So, um, sometimes when we get caught in that, we're just stuck in the gratification of the body, you know, like, um, we want these quick, easy answers and those things can, um, lead to pain and sicknesses, constantly trying to gratify the, the smallest and, and tiniest part of us without really you know we're afflicting that spiritual disease as opposed to allowing for spiritual freedom you see so this this cures that have to be developed and those cures kind of begin with um thinking and investigating and experimentation and certain experiences but um it revolves around bringing or allowing the inflow of wisdom you know, and accomplishing, um, the understanding of, of our desires, right? And understanding, you know, what causes our, we'll say more gratifying, um, mental sensations and, um, our desire for knowing things and fame and, and power and nice clothes and things like that. We have to get through that. And we get through those things, you know, because those are all the sufficient, um, components of our spiritual 
diseases that we often have. Um, and just simply having knowledge, um, that sits like in the back of your mind that doesn't, that you don't use, that you don't apply through wisdom, that doesn't cure anything. You know, you have to become an expert in what you know and be skillful in its proper use. You become agile in it. You know, you become so deft, you know, in it that you're able to understand when there's a spiritual disease present and be able to spot when new ones um, arise. So you become like a master of the knowledge that you have. And that gives away to your your um, or opens you up to instincts of um, altruism or unselfishness. And you become to a point or you come to a point where you live most wisely and most completely when you're functioning perfectly along the lines of altruism without any, you know, excess, you know. But when you're living alone for the body or you're living alone for fact acquisition, right, um, you become unwise and you become out of harmony with the most high, you know, because you begin to live solely for the, for just cold, stale enjoyments of the intellect, you know, um, you become morally unwise, you become, you, you know, you step out of harmony. Um, but when you learn to discard yourself for others and understand truly what altruism is, um, you get to a place where you must live. You see, because to come in full harmony with the supreme intelligence, you must live to the full capacity, the utmost capacity of your body, your soul, your mind, your spirit. So you're 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 fully exercising all of them in different ways. But again, without excess, without excess, you know, because if you're excessive in one area, it will cause a deficiency in other areas. I've spoke about that in the Ruach podcast, the last one. You know, if, if, if you're, you have excess rush, you know, it will cause, uh, or, or excess, um, headiness, you know, it will cause, uh, a deficiency in your body or, or your life field, your unified life field. You see, and the same thing, if you're excessive in the pursuits of the enjoyments of the body, you know, your foods and your sexual pleasures and all the lower chakra energy, then it will, it will take you away from that desire of good health or holistic health and abundant life and, you know, really getting to that place where you can tap into formless intelligence and that formless intelligence begins to live more fully in you when you advance towards the perfect health of, you know, attaining complete life or inflow of life in mind, body, spirit, you know, you, you begin to advance all of them. You know, you advance all of them at the same time, you know, so wisdom is not all that you might receive from the creator, the originator. You also receive vitality. You also receive um, energy in your body, like physical energy, you know, life force, that energy of, of a formless substance. It's, it permeates everything. It's unlimited. You know, so you're you're, you're already receiving it right now and appropriating appropriating it inside of your body in an, in a very instinctive way, you know, that your, your body just sort of does that 
automatically just through your breathing, but you learn a far greater degree of how to utilize it when you go about it intelligently. You know, it's like when you really learn how to breathe, you learn how to sit, you learn proper posture, you know, you, you begin to find that, well, there's no limits to the power that's in me. And, um, this kind of this inexhaustible reservoir of intelligence, you know, that I can always pull from. I can always get a second win, if you will, if I learn how to pursue, um, these different, these different, um, proper modalities of being there's a i'll tap into a third wind fourth fifth you know i just keep pulling all these different winds and i begin to have this sort of perfected sort of confidence that i have it and it's just there and that becomes your faith that becomes your, your faith walk you know um sort of like when a person is is going through an ailment and they have this unquestioning faith of their health coming and it does come, you know, because they've learned to allow the supreme intelligence to fully express itself in them, you know, and to provide more life and abundant life. And that action and reaction become equal inside of them, you know. So they, they now develop this mental harmony with the supreme and all of the forces that stimulate life, you see. So we study these things. We learn about our spiritual diseases and we learn about the cures for our spiritual diseases diseases and it's not the same as what we get when we study modern education which usually just teaches us to be clever and to earn a lot of money but you know um the world's education is incomplete and it's imperfect because most of the important subjects have been forgotten <laughs> and, you know, there's a general base of knowledge and ability, to, you know, um, to earn a living. And th that's just not enough. There's, there's, there's other areas of knowledge which universities just don't teach. Um, for instance, how to be a human being. You know, how to be a proper human being. You know, how to be a proper human being um, who has no spiritual disease. You see in many senses, there's been a failure in that. You know, you don't really get an opportunity. You might take a class in ethics, you know, but you don't really, or philosophy even, but you don't really get an opportunity to learn um, what causes agitation and unhappiness and unhealthiness and discomfort and all of those things that may be intolerable or unbearable, you know. Um, we really don't get an opportunity to learn some of those things, right? So it's the inflow, allowing the inflow and not necessarily just forgetting things or believing in things, um, but um, allowing an inflow in a, in a full expression throughout. And it doesn't mean you, you being too deep <laughs> or you being too extra because you might do something like that because you understand that you as a person, as a woman, as a man, you are a form of the substance of the principle of health and your vitality draws from it. You are, you are the mind body of the universal law that permeates through physical body and your thoughts, you know, of the mind body control the functioning of that physical body. So if your thoughts are wrapped in perfect health, because it's aligned with the supreme intelligence, then your physical body will be, will perform in a manner of also perfect health.
you see. But if your inflow uh, of supreme intelligence is blocked because you're selfish or you have poor uh, mental attitudes or you're antagonistic or antagonistic or you're angry um, or you're against any part of um, divinity, then you 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 sever your relations with this with the all with the originator. You'll you'll still receive life, but only instinctively and automatically, not intelligently and purposefully. You see, if you have a uh, mental antagonism that's operating inside of you, um, then you, there's no way you can be in harmony <laughs> with the divine. You know, you you have to reconcile um, yourselves to that before. You, that's why you know. Yeshua said to reconcile with with your brother. If you have offended your brother, go reconcile with your brother before you even come to worship. You see, because that 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 war or that competitive competitiveness in the mind has to be removed first. And then once you're operating on that that plane of goodwill or that creative plane, then you take on a form of conception of yourself being in perfect health health and you'll you'll harbor no thoughts you'll sustain no thoughts of not being in harmony with that particular conception you see that's when when your faith uh will truly begin if you will and you'll be able to cure these different spiritual diseases you know you'll develop an innate sense of quality an innate sense of a virtue and you'll be clear on the ramifications of um Maybe not using intuitive wisdom and insight or not collecting your concentration or your breath, you know, um, or using your wisdom to confront your problems, you know. So, again, um, so much more we could go into. We could speak on this for five hours. But, um, you know, I don't want to belabor it too much. Well, we'll you know, all podcasts are connected, as some of you have figured out. As of late, there's a, there's a stream of principle, um, that runs through, through all of them. So, you know, um, we'll obviously continue, but just maybe in a different way, you know, but I, I will that you, that you hold mental, a mental attitude of faith, of gratitude and good health and that your external acts in your life be only those of health. I will that for everyone who is, is listening that you um, infallibly follow the internal and unconscious functions that will make you healthy and that the power of life is always exerted continually towards your good health. You see. All right. So this has been another our 70th um, podcast. This is Chief Yuya. And, um, thank you for coming through <laughs> those of you who, who, who came through and will hear this whenever you hear it. Um, I am going to be closing out this season. I know I haven't really been doing seasons of podcasts, but, um, I'm going to be rebooting soon for the Gregorian year and podcasts are going to be, um, even better, you know, again, in our new life global ministries, it's, it's a movement. So, there's always movement upwards. So you, you'll find that, you know, maybe every couple of months, it seems like I'm 
doing something different or giving a different angle or whatever because it's a movement. So there's always going to be something new, um, quote unquote, there's really nothing new, but something different and a new form of wisdom and action that allows us to kind of encompass new meanings or different understandings that um, maybe we didn't estimate uh, previously in the talks that we might have had. You know, um, it's always important to understand that active wisdom isn't general, you know. So a lot of us, we feel like, well, I'm doing it right. So I, I got it. Active wisdom is a matter of particulars, you know. So sometimes as you get the broad um meaning of something, then later you go in to the specifics of an event or the specifics of a situation or a problem, you know, so there's different levels, you know, and there's immediate situations sometimes that we deal with. And then as we broaden our scope, our scope, excuse me, or sometimes even we narrow our scope, um, we start to consider uh, different laws that exist inside of what we're speaking about, you know, maybe more micro sort of laws or we go into the subconscious a little bit more and we look at the different functions and processes that we might have to look at that are causing certain sensations or numbing certain sensations. And, you know, so that's why it always seems like there's a, there's a, there's a change and there always will be, you know, there, there always will be as long as I'm a sovereign and as long as I have the power, force and strength to be chief, there will always be, you know, um, movement and single pointed <laughs> magnifying glass on certain issues until a flame appears, right? Because that's the mind's power to collect into one point like a magnifying glass and to create flame. All right. So thank you again. Um, again, for, for anyone following, I think I shared before I have a book coming forth. And again, I know sometimes the question, we're going to get your books where all books are. Amazon. All right. Um, and there's also audiobook versions as well. Um, like I have an audiobook version of Solutions for Dysfunctional Family Relationships, and I have an audiobook version of Mind Heart Words. No, The Compass, excuse me. Um, I couldn't get them on Audible. We had some problems before, and I just didn't. Audible is such a headache. I didn't go back to it. But if you look on some other um, audiobook uh, apps, they're, they're there. You know, you can get solutions as well as 14 keys. 14 keys is on audible, but, um, there's a bunch of other ones and there's some more coming forth, more audiobooks, but I, I believe Google audiobooks and ad and Apple audiobooks also has, um, solutions for dysfunctional family relationships and the compass and stuff like that. So you can always get them, um, there. And like I said, there's more books coming forth. Got some more music, um, coming forth or, um, healing, healing sounds. That's why I really try to make it, you know, um, some more healing libations, um, in the audio space that are, uh, coming forth as well as classes. You know, those are usually on Sudulu House, but I'll also be putting some classes soon on, uh, chiefyuya.com as well as anulifeglobalministries.com. Um, we'll have the audiobook version also of the Anu Way, um, uh, that is going up very soon, um, probably within a couple of days on the Anu Life Global uh, Ministries website. So for those of you who want to soak up the Anu way and audiobook version, I suggest you have both, you know, but um, you can also get it that way as well on the Anu Life Global Ministries website. All right. So with that, 
I'm out. All right. Everyone enjoy your, your, your day, dawning or evening and, uh, be well, be loving, be safe. Peace.